What is going on, podcast listeners? Neil here for another episode with my boy, Logan. How's it going, Logan? Good. How are you? Doing well. Logan, your last name's Robinson. How many people have said Robinson in your life? Uh, about 99% of people that <laughs> I've had, it's funny, I've had coworkers that I've literally sat next to for two years and they did not know my last name was not Robinson. Yeah. See, I only pointed this out because I want you to be impressed that I actually noticed it. So I hope you're very impressed right now. <laughs> No, I appreciate it. You're you are like that's that's very impressive. Not <laughs> cool. Well, I got Logan on because uh, I saw him post something on Twitter recently, and Logan and I followed each other for a while. He also has an Airbnb cleaning company, and he just posted how he quit his job and put his two weeks notice in. Is that right, Logan? You pretty much just did this this last week, I think, right? Yeah, Thursday. Uh, Thursday, I put in my two weeks notice. Um, I work for a pretty massive retailer in the state of Arkansas, and uh, yeah. But in my two weeks notice, I've been at the company for four and a half years, but I'm I'm jumping all in. I'm going full time. Hell yes, man. Dude, let's unpack this a little bit because I think what you're doing is what a lot of people want to do. Build a business on yeah. the side, they get to a certain point and finally say, hey, boss, I'm no longer going to work with you. I'm going my own. Here's my two week notice. It's probably the most liberating feeling. So when did you start? Like right when you started your job, did you start side hustles or what was your thought process with that? Yeah, that's a good question. So I've I've always had something, right? I've always been somebody who's on the side going to do something. Um, I, I own some real estate. And so that was kind of my first like foray into entrepreneurship. Um, real estate is not passive in case you're wondering. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, when we first moved to Arkansas, I really wanted to do something on the side. And so my wife and I bought a photo booth actually. And we started with a photo booth, which not a people right. know story. Um, and we just said, Hey, we're, we're looking for something fun to do on the weekends. I love weddings. I think weddings are super fun. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I'd love to go to a bunch of free weddings. And so we, we bought a photo booth, uh, in February of 2020, um, oh, so as you know, March of 2020, everything shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, but we still were able to do a couple of events just for friends and birthday parties and, you know, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Ended up selling the business. I bought the photo booth for seven fifty. Um, seven hundred fifty dollars. I ended up selling the business for five thousand dollars, nice. and that was that was like my first small win. And I was like, "Man, this is awesome!" Uh, and so I just kind of started doing stuff like that, and then yeah, the cleaning business. So I've I've always had something going on. Like, why do you like? I guess a lot of people are in a nine to five. Were you scared that hey, maybe they'll fire me and I won't have income? Where you just relive an entrepreneur dream and you wanted to always get into entrepreneurship? Why did you even start a side hustle to begin with? I think it's just in my blood. I like, I think okay. it's just, if, if you've got that bug, if you've got that entrepreneurial bug, I don't think there's anything that's going to turn it off. Um, I, like I said, I work at a pretty large retailer and I talk to a lot of folks who are uh, really senior at the company. And a lot of them say like, man, I wish I were an entrepreneur. Like even mm -hmm. though they're still in, you know, a million dollars a year, um, they still have that entrepreneurial bug. And if you have it, like you can't get rid of it. Yeah. So, so you transitioned to there to starting your own cleaning company how long ago was that so i started the cleaning company in september of last year so september of 2023 so i started oh so pretty oh, recent so only like oh, no, five sorry. months ago sorry september 2022 okay. uh, is when i started so yeah it's been it's been just over a year and i think the beginning for a lot of people especially if you're working a full-time job it's kind of hard right because you're kind of hustling the two of them at the same time you got to kind of figure that out walk me through how you did this as a side hustle 
Yeah, it, it is pretty challenging. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I focused a lot on my Twitter was how do you do this while running a full-time, while working a full-time job? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was just, you know, grinding uh, during your lunch hour, um, nights and weekends. Like I I've worked every single Saturday for like the past year and a half. Like I don't, I don't take Saturdays off cause mm-hmm. I can't afford to I have a full-time job. So um, really it's just been time, time blocking your calendar of saying, look, I, I work from my W2, my nine to five from, you know, 8am to noon. And then I work on my side hustle from noon to one. And then you just kind of time block it from there. Um, but really it comes down to just trying to prioritize your time and just trying to do the best you can with, with the circumstances. Hmm. So can you, first of all, can you walk me through like the growth in terms of revenue? Where you started with the side hustle, when you started to see some big wins, just what was the time frame over the last year and a half? Yeah, so um, it was not fast. Um, it was pretty slow, and it's not like blowing out of the water like you might think. Like I think I'm pretty transparent and apparent and honest about uh, about the business. So we started, gosh, and so in September, uh, I think I started in September, but it was October when we first had our like it's the very end of September and October we'd done like five hundred dollars. And then November, we'd done $1,000. December, we'd done $2,000. And it, it doubled pretty much every single month. Um, we hit our high point at $12,000 uh, for the month of like July and August. And that's when I kind of intentionally dipped the business a little bit. So we were at $12,000. My mm-hmm. W-2 was really, really demanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had to kind of take a step back in August because we were we were ranching a uh, ramping a super big project for for my company which I've shared about on Twitter but I can I can talk more through it if you want but my W two was so demanding during August and September that I almost had to take a complete step back from the business which was which was pretty sad and so the revenue dipped quite a bit and then I decided to change course completely and say okay we're only doing Airbnb cleaning now so once that project launched at my W two. I had a lot of time to reflect on how I wanted to take this business. And so we were doing residential and commercial jobs up until then. Mm-hmm. And then in September, we said, no, we're only going to do Airbnb cleaning companies now. And so I intentionally tanked my business a little bit. Uh, so you see the revenue numbers drop quite a bit. And But, you know, we quickly picked back right up, right up to $10,000 a month. And so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, I turned off all marketing. And so that $10,000, you know, minus labor is coming straight to my pocket. So Hell yes. uh, what was yeah, the reason? So, Why do you decide to pivot or not pivot even niche down? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I really thought a lot about it and I really took a lot of things into consideration. Um, one of the things when you, when you start out and you build your own company, um, especially in a service business, and I can speak specifically to cleaning because you know the space very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you just try to accept every job. Like you're just trying to get customers. It doesn't matter if somebody calls you to do, you know, hotel cleaning, like you're going to accept it. Like you're going to uh-huh. figure it out. And I think that's the right approach. I do think that's the right approach from the very beginning because you're just trying to get cash flow. You're just trying to get money in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes a certain point in the business though, when you want to be known for something and you want your brand to stand for something. And so at, for me at that point, it was, we had done a clubhouse, we had done a motel, we had done, you know, houses, obviously residential, we had done Airbnb, we had done all these different types of cleanings. And I had to give my cleaners, you know, seven different checklists of saying, okay, well, today you're going to go clean a motel and this is the checklist. And today you're going to go clean a clubhouse and this is the checklist. Mm -hmm. And it just became 
kind of a nightmare to manage for me. And then also the cleaners, I wasn't setting them up for success, right? I was giving them a totally different checklist. And so I did see our quality started to fade a little bit. Um, and that's not good, right? Like I really strive for excellence and whatever I'm mm -hmm. going to do. And so I took a step back and I said, okay, look, I want to focus on one specific sector. I really want to be the best in my area at this specific type of cleaning. And so my biggest customers were Airbnb cleaner, cleaner or customers. My my best cleaners had experience in Airbnb. Um, I like the Airbnb cleaning the most. I think it's logistically the most challenging because you have for sure you have you have same day check-ins, strict deadlines. Like you've got linen service, full thing. So logistically, it's really really challenging. But I said, look, I think this is my niche and this is what I'm going to go after. And so I just decided one day, like, this is all we're going to do that very same day. I was turning down new residential customers because I said, no, this is, this is our niche. This is what yep. we're going to do. And so our business obviously took a hit, but I think over the long run, it's going to, it's going to be massive. It's going to pay a lot of dividends. It's interesting what you said, which is um, very insightful, which I want everyone here. If you're starting at the beginning, you take every customer you can Why? Cause you yeah. just want the business to start, right? It, it's almost like a chicken and egg type of thing where you have customers, you have labor, you have labor, you, you have customers, and you just need to make sure everyone's taken care of and everything is running. So you take every single job you can to get that cash. But after some time, you could be pickier. You don't get that luxury at the beginning, though, right? That's why yeah. like, it is a grind where it feels like you're running around with your head topped off because you're taking care of all these different types of customers. But hopefully sooner than later, and you did it pretty soon, you figure out where the niche is and you just dive right in and start saying no to other people. So 100% agree with yeah, that. And, I think at the beginning, you just got to do it. And I'll just add a little plug there. It's going to be really uncomfortable to say, mm. like, to start turning down customers. Um, like, I still, the first couple of weeks, I felt like an idiot. Like, I've got customers literally calling me saying, hey, I need a residential cleaner. Like, today, I'm willing to pay you 500 bucks to do this job. And I was telling them no. Like, I was saying, yeah. no, we, we do Airbnb. And so that was really, really uncomfortable. But I think that sacrifice is what's going to set you apart and set you up for success of saying, no, we, we only do whatever commercial cleaning and we're the best at commercial cleaning because that's all we do. Mm. Um, and I think it's comfortable, but it's, but it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah. When you were doing this as a side hustle, walk me through a day in the life, like in terms of task and what you do, how would you get customers? You're not, you can't go door to door, right? You're actually at your job. How did you actually get this going? Yeah. Um, a lot of it was Google LSA, local service mm -hmm. ads, mm -hmm. um, which again, kind of like accepting every job. I definitely recommend that at the beginning. I think it's a great way to kickstart the business. Uh, it is expensive. So local service ads is you basically pay Google to give you a, a guaranteed badge. And when a customer mm -hmm. calls you, Google charges you. I've seen anywhere from $25 a lead to $65 a lead. Like it, it gets pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Um those are usually high intent to purchase customers. And so they're typically going to convert higher. Um, and so I started on Google LSA. That was for a long time, 75, 80% of my business was coming through Google LSA, mm -hmm. which is really expensive. Um, and I would just, I just have to find a way to, to manage my day. So if I'm in a work meeting, right, I'm working my nine to five. If I've got a customer that's calling me, I obviously can't answer it right now. Mm -hmm which sucks because Google LSA is likely still going to charge me. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I set up an auto responder on my phone and I use open phone. And so whenever I'd miss a call, they'd get a text that says, Hey, you know, I can't, 
answer the phone right now. I'm, I'm likely with another customer or whatever on another job. Yeah. Like, please like text me how I can help you and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And so that did it. That did a couple of things. Number one, it bought me time because I'm in a nine to five. I can't answer the phone right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also let the customer know that like I'm here and I'm available. I just can't talk right this second. And so they would text me back at what they're looking for. And that's great because that means they weren't going to call the next person in line. They were yep. going to wait for to respond. And so it's almost like I had like an hour window where they were on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really able to <clears throat> capture a lot of customers while nine to five. Yep. Yeah. It's so huge just to make sure they know someone's going to pick up. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Logan, tell me. So one thing I always tell people is the mistake I made is I took two years to quit my nine to five because I was waiting to make more money. Right. And I was like, yeah. oh, when I have this amount saved and like, you know, it's kind of a scarcity mindset, whatever. I was worried, really. Um, so now I always tell people like, dude, I wish I did it earlier. Right. Just dive yeah. in earlier, go all in. How do you feel about that? Like, did you hit a certain profit number? Then you decided to quit. Do you wish you did it earlier? What are your thoughts around that? I, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. This is something that's been on my mind a lot um, lately. I think it really depends. And I know this is going to sound like a cop out. I think it really depends <clears throat> on your life circumstance in your life mm-hmm. situation. Um, I can kind of walk through mine and how I thought about it, but it's going to be different for everybody. Um, so me and my wife, I'm married, uh, obviously my wife is, is we're super frugal. Like we mm-hmm. really don't spend money unless we have to, which is incredible because we've been married for six years now and we've been able to save a lot of money. We mm-hmm. just have, we have a lot of cash built up in the bank because we're savers naturally. Um, and so we have a year's worth of runway where we've got a year's worth of living yeah. expenses moved up. We also have over six figures in our retirement accounts already. And I'm only 28. And so we've like, we've really saved a lot. We've really invested a lot and that, and we don't have any debt. We have our mortgage and that's it. And it's $1,200 a month. Um, well, and so, Arkansas, geez. Yeah. the way that we've been living our life is, is so conducive to being able to take risks. Yep. I've got friends that have car payments. They live in 5,000 square foot houses and like, they just can't afford to take risks. Mm-hmm. And so when you set yourself up to be able to take those risks, you open yourself up to so many different opportunities. So yeah, my business is not the biggest, right? It's not, it's not super massive, but I don't, I don't need a super massive business to quit my job right now. Our living mm-hmm. expenses, monthly burn is like four grand a month, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, like I can, I can take risks, but if you've got car payments and you've got a mortgage and you've got student loans, it's going to be significantly harder to, to do that. Definitely. Yeah. And like you said, it's a personal decision, right? And that that's kind of what it always is. And at least from what I've seen too, it's kind of a risk tolerance decision. You know, if you don't think you're going to be able to make really good decisions because you're so worried about losing cash, then wait till you save more cash because then it's going to tint your view in terms of business. So definitely a personal yeah. decision for both life circumstances as well as risk. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. My advice would be if you... If you've got that bug, if you've got that entrepreneurial bug, like lit, this is going to sound like a Dave Ramsey thing, but, I'm trying to <laughs> but like, if, if you want to do that, you know, you're going to have to quit your job at some point. Mm-hmm. So don't go get yourself in a ton of debt and spend a lot of money. Live, live now. Like you're going to be taking a big risk in the next mm-hmm. couple of years. Because then when you actually take that risk, it's not going to feel that risky because you've already got all the stuff in place to kind of be your fallback, if that makes yep. sense. Well said. Well said. 
update logan thanks so much for hopping on and dropping absolute bombs if people want to find you and follow you where can they find you yeah twitter um twitter's the the probably the best place to reach me logan logan a robinson on twitter and that's that's robinson not robinson (laughs) we'll put the link directly in the show notes so you guys don't follow the wrong logan robinson uh logan thanks so much for hopping on dude that was great appreciate it thank you